0: Welcome back to episode eight of Porn Brain Reboot with Dr. Trish Lee. Uh, I am she, your hostess with the mostest. And in today's episode, we have an awesome topic. Today, we're going to talk about porn use. Is it normal? Maybe. Is it healthy? Definitely not. So in this episode, we're going to expand upon, uh, there's always a shorter version on my YouTube channel. So we're going to expand upon the three concepts that I talk about in that YouTube video. So the three main concepts are number one, porn use, and specifically a more global concept of compulsive hypersexuality. Is it normal, quote-unquote normal, in today's society? Uh, The answer is likely yes, and we're going to pick that apart a little bit. Is it normal? Yes. Maybe. Yes. Is it healthy? Hell no. And we're going to pick that apart, and we're going to talk about the difference between normal and healthy. And then in the second part, and we're going to blend it all together here in the podcast, but the second piece is there is a continuum from suboptimal to normal, quote unquote normal, which we're going to use the definition of average, that then extends even higher to optimal or exceptional or supernormal. So we're going to talk about subnormal, normal, supernormal, below average, average, and optimal. And that's what we're going to think about in terms of your brain performance pattern, the brain performance pattern that is created, exacerbated, and perpetuated by porn use and the optimal brain pattern, which should be the goal because the optimal brain pattern leads to optimal living. And I will talk a little bit about the difference between optimal brain pattern and optimal living versus peak performance and kind of a peak performer and moments of being in the zone for peak performance. And you know, one of my favorite concepts is flow state. So we're going to talk about that on this continuum from subnormal to normal to supernormal, thinking about optimal performance. Okay. Then when we're done talking about those aspects, lastly, we're going to talk about how do you go from subnormal or below average brain performance patterns and life to above average to optimal. Obviously leaving pornography behind is fundamental and it's one key aspect. If you are a uh, compulsively hooked on porn, or if you're consuming it, and then shifting some aspects in your life so that your brain performance pattern shifts as well. And as always, I'm a proponent of brain training, as you know, because it is my uh, background and my my mode of being able to achieve optimal functioning and optimal living in my own life. Uh, Okay, so let's start with normal. Porn use and hypersexuality has become normalized in society, and one might argue it's been around as a quote-unquote normal feature of life for a really long time. So basically, we know that you turn on the TV and you want to watch a commercial, and what do you have? Sex sells. We have commercials that are using sexuality, uh, scantily clad people, sexual innuendos. Uh, nowadays, if you go on social media, we have young people who are learning to hyper-sexualize their, their feeds and the content that they're producing. And that's probably a conversation for another day, but honestly, I'm going to dip into it just for a second, talking about mostly young women who will create feeds that objectify themselves for the seeming as i always say it pleasure of the consumer why are they doing that they're doing that for likes and for followers that is a an unhealthy pattern and that of course they're learning from media multiple multimedia aspects from social media they care more about the views and the likes and the thumbs ups and the emojis than They care about what, or actually it's probably ignorance. And I don't say that in a mean or judgmental way, because I am not judging people. I get why people are doing this. And I will also expand upon that. And it goes back to mental health and being healthy in a mental health aspect. Um, And it comes from family functioning um, when we're young, but, uh, and it's obviously convoluted and has many working parts, but They're creating those feeds so that it can build their self-esteem and boost what they have going on and how they feel about themselves. And that's ego. That is ego-driven. It strokes the ego so that they can feel good about their existence. Now, the beauty of it is, as we continue to talk about optimal functioning, when you are functioning optimally, you don't need your ego stroked because... You feel good from the inside out, so you don't need external validation. You have internal validation, which makes you feel calm and confident, not complacent, not anxious. You feel good about what you are doing. And when you reach that point, you can produce at high levels optimal living because you are functioning at an optimal level. So if you are creating content or if you are consuming content, that is stroking your ego or seemingly boosting your self-esteem or for a moment making you feel better, it's because there is something lacking inside. It's lacking that optimal brain performance pattern that makes you feel good about yourself, whether anybody else likes what you have going on or not. So when people create content, that is objectifying themselves, that's the reason. They're looking for validation. I don't need to tell you that. And it's not healthy to look for validation from the outside. What is healthy is if you're producing content to help other people, which is my goal, my content is to help people. Not to make me feel fabulous about myself. I can feel great about myself just sitting on my couch with my people around me. I don't need to put myself out there. Actually, it's slightly uh, anxiety-provoking. Or you know, it. I, I always thank my my the people on my channel who say, keep making these videos. I really appreciate it. It's really helping me. And I always write back, thank you so much for this comment. It really means a lot to me. Your support means a lot to me because it does, because most days I think I'm nuts for producing this content. But the reason I do it is because I've seen the people suffering. I've had people close to me suffer. I've seen and I've experienced families that are about to be ripped apart. And I figured out the solution to keep families together And so I put the content out there, even though I have a lot of haters who say, you know, don't listen to this old Karen who doesn't know what she's talking about. I know I know what I'm talking about. I can be confident. I know what my purpose is. I obviously, you know, like it when people are glad that I am producing content that helps them. But when there's people who don't like the content, that doesn't go to my soul and rip me apart because my purpose is strong. It's internally driven. I do it because I feel the need to do it to help the world. I don't do it in hopes of getting likes and followers. I do hope to be able to change the world one brain at a time. And so when people hear my message and it resonates with them, I'm glad for them and I'm glad for the ripple effect and the healing that I'm able to help people seek out for themselves. But it's about them, not about me. So if I was producing content that was solely to stroke my ego, that's a different mode. So that's what we're talking about in terms of hypersexuality. When you get all sexual on your Instagram feed because you want likes, That's not from a healthy place. Now, let's bring it back to most of you who are listening that if you are seeking out content just to check out a person and their physical body that you are objectifying, making them into an object, you are doing it to get the dopamine hit. So just to remind you, dopamine is the neurochemical that is produced in the brain that it's not of pleasure, what it does is it links your brain to something in the world and couples it as a pleasurable experience. And we know pornography is a super normal stimulus that has a huge pull on the brain because of the huge dopamine release that you got the first time that you consumed pornography and that you continue to get every time you go back. Super normal stimulus is giving your brain this huge hit of dopamine that keeps you coming back. So when you go on an Instagram feed or on a YouTube video and you get this hit of dopamine, you are using it like a drug. So back to is porn use and hypersexuality normal? Unfortunately, it's pretty normal out there. And the definition of normal is usual or average. So like I've already talked about, we see it on the TV. We see it in magazines. We see it in newspapers. We see it on billboards. We see it in Target. Crazy. Target. The underwear section for women, half-naked people. Underwear section for men, fully clothed men, right? That goes back to society objectifying women and not so much objectifying men. And for anybody out there who is going to say that I'm making this a man and a woman thing, it's not. But we know it is. I'm not making it personally a man and woman thing. But we know from the science that this is what's happening, which is why historically men have been sucked into objectifying women. And that, in fact, is what pornography consumption perpetuates and exacerbates. So let's move on to the brain performance pattern that's behind it. So I already said porn is a supernormal stimulus. It's going to pull you in. It's going to pull you in by the brain. I know you think it's pulling you in by different body parts. It is not. It is pulling you in by the brain. And when it pulls you in by your brain, we know that it creates diseased mechanisms in the brain that keep you going back for more. So it keeps pulling you back in and your brain habituates and it shifts its levels. So now you need more porn, more intense porn, more frequent porn to get the same hit that you got before. It's a super normal stimulus that pulls you in by the brain. At the same time, we know that for most people, They have things going on in their life, family dysfunction, trauma. Trauma can be verbal abuse, physical abuse, neglect, just not being paid attention to, sexual abuse. That family dysfunction comes in different flavors, too. Before I go on, family dysfunction is basically, the unhealthy dynamics that happen within your family system, your family of origin, as we call it. And I just got back from the below, um, as I call it, Buffalo, New York, where I am from visiting my family, whom I doubt will ever hear this podcast. And if you do, uh, you might not even know what I'm talking about, because that's the essence of family dysfunction is that families come up with ways of operating based upon the parents and what they learn from their parents. And so the, the roles and the modes of the family usually have some unhealthy dynamics that are passed down from generation to generation. Many times this can include Um, addictions and misuse of substances like alcohol or drugs and coping mechanisms like anger or not being able to engage in any type of conflict. That's my family. There's no conflict. There's tons and tons of problems, but no conflict. So none of them are getting solved. And like I've shared with you before, both my husband and I both come from families of three boys and three girls. And we have three boys and three girls. Is that coincidence? I doubt. That's me perpetuating the family chaos of our childhood, both of us. So, we grew up in these families that are big and they have a lot of working parts and they're exhausting. They keep you tired, they keep you anxious. Uh, You know, it's busy, busy, busy. That's what we learned as kids. So, then of course, what you learn is what you go towards, even if you don't like it, and even if it's not healthy for you. And of course, I'm so glad to have all of our kids because they really are amazing. But I'm also glad to have embarked on this journey of healing the wounds that I have from my childhood, kind of pulling back the curtains and letting the light in on the disordered or dysfunctional family systems that are used in my family to be able to shed light on them and then to be able to change them and not continue to perpetuate them and break the pattern, interrupt the pattern of multi-generational transmission of junk, ways that we interact with each other that are not healthy. So these ways are family dysfunction. And so, for example, in my family, it's not being able to engage in any type of conflict. When you engage in conflict and you can handle it in an emotionally mature way, guess what happens? You move through it and you resolve it. If you can't ever go towards conflict, you can't ever resolve conflict. So that's not a healthy way. And yeah, if you look at it from the outside. It looks great. It looks all rosy and shiny, and nobody's ever arguing, except for underneath it is resentment and is a whole bunch of problems that never got solved. And everybody's just being quiet and everybody's penting up their anger, which is different from my hubby's family, where they kind of lash out in anger and then they go right towards forgiveness, but sometimes not necessarily digging into the issues. But his family is a totally different system than my family. And we all has have family dysfunction i haven't met anybody yet who comes from a functional family i totally think and i know from most of the science and john bradshaw is a great resource on this he has a lot of books on the family that there is no such thing as a functional functional family All families have some level of dysfunction because it's passed down from generations before from what our grandparents and our great grandparents had to deal with and the ways that they learned to cope. Now, I already mentioned the idea of emotional maturity, growing up your emotional maturity and being able to move towards the discomfort, towards the conflict in a healthy way, not an angry way, in an intuitive way. In a problem-solving way, this is how you're able to move through it. Solve the problems, rupture and repair, have strain in the relationship, but when you come back together, it's stronger. That's emotional maturity, and we can grow that emotional maturity within us by healing those wounds from our childhood, breaking the patterns of the multi-generational junk And being able to change it for the generations after us. And most importantly, when I'm talking to you, changing it for you. Going back to what we're talking about here is when you can resolve that, sometimes you can get your family on board, sometimes you can't. But when you resolve it, then you grow yourself up emotionally and your brain heals. You start using the optimal brain pattern. So I already told you that if you're just burying stuff in the back of your brain. And I I should write down, you know, the number of times that people tell me that they just buried that experience in the back of their brain. If you bury things in the back of your brain, it creates the brain pattern that I'm talking about, the unhealthy brain pattern, the average or sub-average, less than optimal brain pattern that needs to be calmed and stimulated. So the average brain pattern, normal these days, needs to be calmed and stimulated. We see that. We know that people are overworking. That's a coping mechanism. Overeating. They are drinking every single night. They are smoking marijuana. They're using drugs. They're watching a boatload of TV. They're playing a ton of video games. Balance is the way out of that. But you can only achieve balance for optimal brain performance if you resolve the issues from the inside out so you can feel internally validated and strong and not need external validation. And guess what happens when you feel internally strong and you feel well because your brain is in that optimal brain pattern of calm focus, you know what happens? You attract to yourself a mate, a honey with the same brain pattern, the healthy optimal brain pattern. If you continue to use the suboptimal brain pattern that needs calming and stimulation and especially if you keep going back to porn to get that calming and stimulation, which makes your brain pattern worse and I want encourage you to go to my Instagram feed talking about non-objectified Instagram feeds. if you go to my Instagram feed, which I'm improving hopefully on a daily basis, I have there brain performance, trend graphs from people's brain training, who I have consent for showing what an optimal brain pattern looks like and what a suboptimal brain pattern looks like and what a numbed out, I just consume porn brain pattern looks like. It is not a pretty sight. It actually looks perfect, but it's artificially induced. So the fact that it's artificially induced means it is destroying the reward center in the midbrain, and it's deactivating the frontal lobe in the brain, creating porn-induced ADHD. And that is not a pretty sight. So go to my Instagram feed and check that out. You can see the you know, a picture's worth a thousand words, right? Okay. So let's move on to the brain tip because we're going to wrap up soon. The brain tip is, and you've probably heard me say this before, but it's true. Go to your life. For dopamine. So go to your people, go to your purpose, go to your hobbies, go do and be with the things, the people, the places that inspire you and put your brain into that optimal mode. Because when you go there, you will now attach and a couple your brain to your life for dopamine and for pleasure, and for happiness, and for joy, and for being in the present. And you won't need to escape the past by escaping into the screen, and in doing so, perpetuating and keeping that past going in the future. When you are on purpose in your work, and here's the tip, think about one aspect of your work that you really love to do. Go do it, and then revel in it for a minute. Celebrate it. When you celebrate it, you're going to get that dopamine flowing. Celebrate it. Go spend time with the people that you love to be with. We just went to the beetle this past weekend and I'm hanging with my beautiful children. They're teenagers now. They are a trip. They are so much fun to hang out with. Uh, hubs was a little cranky. I'll tell you, I kept telling him he went from zero to Buffalo in 0.4 seconds. <laughs> he, he fell back into some of those family systems that we've tried so hard to, to, uh, escape. And he came online pretty quickly, but I was cracking myself up with that analogy. He was cracking up too. Cause he recognized it in himself. He's like, Holy cow, we've been here for like five minutes. I'm already acting in a different way than I normally act. So, But my point about that was we rented this beautiful old 1900. This home was built in 1900. We rented this beautiful, beautiful home uh, in downtown Buffalo. And I'm just hanging in this house with my kids. And they're all being weird. And they're doing funny things. And just so much love, you know, so much love in the room and in the experience. And I was just there sitting in it. I didn't want to be anywhere else because I'm with my people you know, enjoying them and enjoying my moment with them. When I'm doing my work, I love my work more than anything. I am in the zone. When I'm making these podcasts and I'm making videos and I'm thinking about concepts and I'm helping people, I am so zonified. It's unbelievable. My brain, I made a video where I was on the brain training headband and my brain hit the zone. I couldn't believe it because I was in the middle of making a video. I'm like, wow, this is just so good for my brain. When I'm doing my hobbies, you'll be glad to know that I have signed up for the motor motorcycle, learn how to ride a motorcycle lesson. It's not, actually, it's an entire weekend. I asked the hubs if he minded, he told me he's going to increase my life insurance, which cracks me up if I'm going to keep doing dangerous things, but that's just me. That man likes to golf. This girl wants to learn how to ride a motorcycle. So I've signed myself up because I thought to myself, I keep making content, telling everybody get on purpose in their hobbies. And I do not want this season of life to pass without me being able to have done the things that I want to do. So I'm super psyched to be able to go do that. But of course, there's a waiting list and I can't get in for a little while. So go do the part of your work that you love. Go be with the people that you love and go do the hobbies that you love. It will give you dopamine. It will change your life. It will bring your brain into the optimal mode. You can always do brain training on top of it. I created a new program called Brain Training 101. It's on my website, drtrishalee.com. It's only $49. It's awesome. I'm really proud of it. I've put it together so that you you can learn how and why to train your brain and you can learn about the brain training headband and you can purchase it with the discount code from the manufacturer. If you don't want to do that, you can train your brain without it. The headband is just a tool to teach you how to get your brain into the optimal mode because most people are nowhere near that optimal mode and it's such a leap from where you are to where we want you to be that the headband bridges the gap. I was thinking about this on my travels back from Buffalo that The utility of the headband is it bridges the gap from where you are to where you want to be, suboptimal, subaverage because of porn use, honestly. So we have to get you from subaverage to average to optimal, and there's quite the gap there to be able to do that. Okay, so thank you for joining me on this podcast episode. And as always, remember, control your brain or it'll control you.